Uh, this is Toco US brand manager Ian Harvey. I have a real treat for you today. I'm here with Udo Raunyak. He Udo is the head of Toco Research and Development for Toco, and he has been for the past 15 years. In addition to developing innovative new waxes, Udo also oversees quality control, production, and purchasing of raw materials. Udo is quite famous around the World Cup circuits, Alpine, Nordic, and Biathlon. Despite relationships with the Toko Race Service, people of all national teams always want to speak with Udo. He's a straight talker who I think knows more than anyone in the world about ski wax. Udo, thank you very much for being with us today. You are Swiss, which means you ski and spend a lot of time in the mountains, summer and winter. Where did you grow up and how did you start skiing? Yeah, I grew up, I grew up in Obriet, which is a small city in the German part of Switzerland, not far away from the famous Lake Constance next to the border of Austria. My father was a ski teacher, so I started with skiing, of course, more alpine skiing. Uh, I was four years old. Super. Um, I know you spend a lot of time in the mountains in the summer, too. There are a lot of great hiking opportunities, for example, near the Toko headquarters in Altstetten, which is located near Lake Constance, the large lake between Switzerland, Germany, and Austria. Can you comment on your summer activities as well? Yes, of course. Yeah. Not far uh, away from my hometown is the famous hiking area called Alpstein with the biggest mountain in the uh, east side of Switzerland called Santis. It's about 2,500 altitude, yeah, like that. That's one of my favorite places in all of Switzerland, Alpstein. Alpstein, yeah, very, very famous, pretty nice for hiking, yeah. It's you got can incredible, say two. incredible cliffs and relief and lakes, but it also is famous for Steinbock. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah, there are yeah, a lot of Steinbock love it there. there. Okay. So, um, Udo, there's a lot going on right now, of course, in the ski waxing world with fluorine bans in some countries and for many races, such as junior races throughout the world, with the Euro 2020 Pact and with the rapid development of fluorine-free race waxes. I'm excited to speak with you about these things and hear what is really going on from the market-leading scientists. When you are developing new waxes, either an improvement on an existing product or a completely new product, what is the process that has gone through from start to finish, including working with the race service and World Cup teams? Yeah, this is, it's, it's like with all projects, you know, is that the project in, uh, in the pharma industry or is that the project in the wax industry? So uh, normally if you want to bring a new technology on the market, then you need minimum five to 10 years. So you, you start up a project, then you figure out uh, from, from the end, you know, that means you say perhaps in one month, the new product should be in the right quality and the right amount on the warehouse. That means minimum half year before all data have to be in the system that the production can plan and order all things, all new raw materials, all packaging, what they need for the first production before the, the, the stuff going uh, at the warehouse. But normally you need minimum three to four winter to test out the products, you know, minimum four winters you need just to test out is that really the new technology is working in all the different snow, uh, snow uh, condition like you know in US you have more or less more colder condition like in Europe we have more uh, warmer condition that means you need free wind to test it out with racing service with you with your team what we have in the company for testing and then you need another minimum two or three years to preparing to bring in the new technology in a form 
uh, to the wax, you know. Normally looking for new raw material and the ski business is very small. So you need a pretty good connection to the, to the army, to, to the textile industry, to the cosmetic industry, or to the pharma industry, that you get new raw material, what they use before, perhaps for new uh, uh, cars or whatever. And then you try to implement this new raw material in a kind of uh, wax technology. This is uh, how it works, yes. So Toko has strong existing relationships with many raw material suppliers that you're able to leverage in order to get access to new technology and new raw materials. Yeah, this is the most important. And as you know, Switzerland is, is, is a, like a, a, a high, uh, high country with a lot of chemistry industry around with Germany together. So we have really good connection to different uh, chemistry industry, like to, to the textile industry, like to the pharma industry, like to the automobile industry, that we get the input from this uh, big industry, what is really new on the market, what, what is the direction, because normally they have the same problem like we, they looking for new mod, uh, material to, to for textile, uh, perhaps they're looking for new raw material that they have a better water repellent effect. In the car industry, they're using a lot of raw material to reduce the friction, also in the cosmetic industry. So we are uh, strong in contact with the big industry that we get uh, the, the newest uh, raw material, what they are will using in five or 10 years in some other uh, kind of things, yes. One thing I think is always interesting is after Toco introduces new products to the market, especially to the World Cup, the teams often innovate and come up with new application methods, which then trickle down to master skiers in the general market. And that's always a fascinating process. For example, Helix over Jetstream. Yeah, you have totally right, of course. Uh, we go down from the, from the top to down. That means we orientated from the World Cup side. Of course, in, in the World Cup, you know, the, the application, what they doing sometimes, uh, we cannot exactly explain to the normal consumer because in the World Cup, they see just speed, you know. If you have something, they, they increase the speed, you know, then they do all. They take an iron if 250 degree, or they taking special brushes, or they going uh, with the hand over the ski base. This is all about speed. So for, for our end consumer, for the normal people, we always looking for the best easy easy best application uh, over an universal uh, area that it works the best of course this is always a process over years normally when we bring out a product you know because sometimes you have to cut it otherwise you you looking five years forward to to really find the best application so uh, at 80%, we say, okay, this product is now good enough to, to throw it out on the market. So we started and then we recommended uh, uh, application. Normally this application is, is not 100 the best. So over more season, then you get more feedback from the races and this application work better and this you can increase again and then we summarize and sometimes we change the application afterwards, you know. Yeah, exactly. But this is also something, I think yeah, the skier or a, a good service guy, they have more knowledge about preparation as I have because they every day eight hour they just ski waxing you know 
I have also to work in the lab and have to find out new stuff. So they are really the specialized, you know. And I say always, uh, you have, in the end, for a racer, he has to find out the best application. I can recommend an universal application, but this is never the end, you know. But that's, you what's, have, so, that's what's so useful about when you go and you have good cooperation with race service and with international World Cup technicians because they come and talk with you and they combine their knowledge of application and experience with your knowledge of, of the products and chemistry. And then you, together, you make real progress. Absolutely, I totally agree with you 100%, yes. This is very important, you need the teams, you need a, a lot of connection that you, you get a lot of input about the application. And normally 80% uh, over the teams, they find out this application, they find out this application. And in the end, you can increase a product a lot with just the right application because skewaxing this is a is a handwork you know this is you have to try it you have to use it you have to do it you cannot just uh, use it's not that is not only one way to to get the best result and you have to 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 know your system you know for use the system in in United States perhaps this application works work better that for my system in Switzerland because we have other snow, we have other altitude and so you everybody have in, in their country have to find out the best application themselves, you know. Well, like for that. sure application method changes greatly depending on how much moisture is in the snow, how Absolutely. old the snow is, the crystal con, uh, the, 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 how sharp the crystals are, what elevation the snow fell from which makes a big Absolutely. difference. Yeah, and so there's a lot of playing around that needs to be done even between different venues, much less between different countries, for sure. Absolutely, I totally so, agree, yeah. So Udo, I know you go to a lot of events, including Olympics and World Championships for Alpine, Nordic, and Biathlon, and very often World Cup events too. You have a lot of contact with the teams along with the Toko Race Service. What teams rely especially heavily on Toko Waxes? I know everyone uses Toko, pretty much, but what teams are, are really heavy TOCO users? Of course, we're working uh, strong together, of course, with team, they are not so far away with us. We are very in a strong contact because then the ways are not so far away. We have a short distance, the communication is easier. We speaking the same language. So the, the most important teams, of course, for TOCO is the European teams. Of course, we have also contact with all other teams. Uh, more or less all teams uh, was here visiting me in Altstetten, but uh, you have also to, to fix it out uh, what partners are the best for you to help you in a, in a short time to get the best result, yes. And that, of course, uh, it's easier for me to work with, with, with the big Euro European teams because then the distance is shorter and the communication is shorter. We have the same language. Uh, we can test together. We can find out what is the best together. Uh, that this is normal, you know, normal like that, yeah. On the World Cup for this coming winter, the floor ban has been postponed for a year. However, in the United States, most people are not familiar with the Euro 2020 Pact, which will be in effect for events held in Europe. Can you please describe the Euro 2020 Pact and what this means for the manufacturers and teams who will be on site at World Cup events this winter? Yeah, in, 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 in the liquid wax and in, in the paraffin wax, this was uh, more or less no problem for the teams or for all wax companies because more or less all wax company changed to C6 technology uh, two years ago because there in, in for this uh, cold perfluoralkylcan, what we are using this raw material C6 perfluoralkylcan, what we are using in the hot wax and the liquid, there are a lot of supplier on the market 
who had um, uh, raw material uh, where you could buy raw material according to regulation 2020. Uh, much more difficult is uh, or was the, the raw material for what we are using in Helix and in Jetstream, you know. There was more or less uh, no supplier on the market until uh, April, May 2020. And then one uh, raw one supplier uh, uh, was going forward that you could buy uh, raw material from this supplier, but Toko did uh, his own way. That, that means five years ago, we uh, started to produce our own raw material according to regulation 2020. Because I would also be safe that uh, I have the raw material at the right time, at the right quality. That means we producing our raw material self and then we can controlling self. That I means I have an institute who check everything that we are into the regulation because if we're doing something wrong, we will have a big problem in the future or they will stop all the, the, the products on the market and we can take it back and we get a lot of problems, yes. Thank you. So let's talk about liquid paraffins. Liquid paraffin waxes have been a true revolution. First off, can you please talk about the breakthrough that you had when you found the, the raw material, the new, this new paraffin that you found, which resulted in the breakthrough of developing such a superior product to other liquid paraffins on the market. Yeah, this is, this, I was, uh, you know, Toko had liquid paraffin since 30 years in the express waxes, you know. There was also liquid paraffin or, uh, shoe cream, you know, the paste, there is all kind of liquid paraffin, you know, but the performance was very bad. So I was never happy with the, with these uh, liquid paraffins overall. So I started to search a new raw material 12 years ago. And I was always looking for new raw materials, new raw materials. And then I, I, I get a call from a supplier that uh, is working in, in, in the military industry, you know? And uh, he told to me, hey, I have a, a, a super new raw material that it's easier, you can dissolve that in, in, in isopropanol or whatever. And I, I just uh, smiled, you know? Yeah, yeah, you know, since 10 years, everybody is calling me have a new raw materials. It's, it's, it's a kind of, it's a wax, a very special wax, what you can uh, dissolve in and, and I, I not believe in him. And then uh, he sent me a sample, you know, with all the data sheets and then, and then I tried to dissolve and then I was, fuck off, what is that? It's totally dissolved and it's clear and the particle size is so small. And then I, I called him and I said to him, hey, this is perfect raw material, I want that. And then he said to me, yeah, you can have it. Uh, one batch is, uh, is a one tank. This is 20,000, 28,000 kilos. Yeah, then you can have it. <laughs> one batch, you know, because, you know, he ordered that for the military. They said, hey, man, I can't I can take... 28,000 tons, you know, I, I need in the first step, I need, uh, yeah, I can take two or five tons, but no more. And then we, we get a gear and then he take from the military, you know, he get the tank and then he just take away from the military, you know, my, my amount, what he need. And then we grow up with this uh, new Robert. This was a really nice, nice, yeah, nice, nice things. Yeah. Super. And the big breakthrough was that the new paraffin dissolved very easily in the alcohol and especially the particle size was so small. Yeah, the particle size was normally you have particle size uh, in the other liquid waxes from the competitor there is about 10 to 15 microns, you know, and we, our particle size is less than 0 0.1 micron. So that means the very big difference, if you put our uh, liquid paraffin on a ski base, the wax goes 
directly in the microstructure. It's not lying on the top. You have not to eat it. They go directly in the microstructure and coat the microstructure very homogeneous because the wax particles are very small and totally homogeneous in the solvent. And if that's the main thing that sets the toka liquid paraffins apart from other brands. Absolutely, yeah. And so can you- If you, if you cut the bottle, uh, 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 you cut the bottle, yeah, yes, and then you, you uh, put the liquid paraffin in a glass, then it looks like water, totally clear. You think there's no wax inside because the particle are is so small, you can see it, it's, it looks like pure water. So compared to the, our part, our small particle size, which you spray it on a ski, if these particles are so small, they go straight into the microstructure. What is the challenge that the other brands have because of their large particle size? What disadvantage does that give? Yeah, then you have to start it like a hot wax, you know. You take the liquid wax, you know, you put it on the ski, and then you, if you take a glass or whatever, look on the ski, then the ski is white, on the top and uh, and and uh, the wax is just lying uh, on the top of the screen. And then you have uh, normally, if you want that the wax go to the microscope, you have to iron it, the screen, or you have to take a heat gun that the wax, like a hot wax, goes deeper in the microstructure. And in the end, you have to brush a lot and perhaps you have also to scraper the ski, but then you can also use a normal uh, paraffin wax. For what you use a uh, liquid wax, if you have like that, and of course the distribution is uh, far away from our distribution, is never so homogeneous over the ski like with, with our liquid paraffin. The purpose of heat in this case there are two things. One is to expand the base itself, but that's not the important part. The, the other part is when you apply heat to a wax, it makes the particle size smaller, which is why you need to heat other brands, liquid paraffins perhaps to get it more into the microstructure, but that's not necessary with the Toco product because the particle size is already very, very small. Is that correct? Absolutely correct. Yeah, you need the heat. Normally you have to melt the wax that he gets from the solid uh, status in the liquid status, like a hot wax that is a liquid and goes deeper in the microstructure, you know. But if, with a liquid paraffin, for example, I've heard other manufacturers from other brands of liquid paraffin sometimes suggest running an iron over it to heat it. And my, my thinking is it's to make the particle size smaller because the particle size is so large. And yeah. that defeats the purpose of the liquid paraffin, in my opinion, at least our liquid paraffin, because the, the particle size is so small, you can have a very hard base underneath it, either a raw base or a very hard glide wax, like a hot wax underneath it. And then you can cover it with liquid paraffin, and then you get the slippery properties of the liquid paraffin without compromising, without softening the base. Because if the base is very hard, you get dirt resistance and acceleration properties that are very good. But if you heat a liquid paraffin in, you soften the base, which for us anyway, defeats the purpose of in the advantage of liquid paraffin. Absolutely correct. You should, if you use our uh, liquid paraffin, you should not uh, again use heat or uh, warm energy because otherwise you make the base on the top softer. You know, you know, because before you using the liquid paraffin, you use a hard wax to make the, the base harder eh? with a normal a hard paraffin. And then you just cover it that you have a more uh, homogeneous uh, surfaces on the top, uh, you just coat it. So with the liquid paraffin, you should never heat it on because otherwise you make the, the, the base softener. This is uh, totally in, uh, in the other direction what we want, you know. Right. So within the Topa line, but for sure um, compared to other hot wax brands, but within the Toka line, I've found that the liquid paraffins pretty much always outperform the hot waxes. For example, a base performance liquid paraffin generally outperforms a base performance hot wax or high performance liquid paraffin generally outperforms a, hot, uh, a high performance hot wax. Can you talk about why that is? I know the advantages, but the public needs to know. 
Yeah, of course, before you have uh, to prepare the, the base uh, with a hard wax, you know, but uh, it's always, you know, normally uh, at the race, you know, they preparing the ski one hour before, you know, and that means if they're using hot wax, you know, and they have just one hour, you know, and for a hot wax, the reclization time, you know, is two hours. If you're going to, a, to a, big, a big wax supplier, if you heat on a wax and let it cool down, you need two hours that you get the right hardness and the he recrystallization, recrystallization, how it should be, you know, that is normally two hours you have to wait. So you can prepare the ski before, you know, one, one night before. With, with, with a hard face wax. With the hard face wax, and then before the race, you can exactly wait short time before the race, and then you can choose the right liquid paraffin for the right condition. And then you will not influence the hardness of the base. You have a perfect hardness of the base, and then you cover it with a liquid paraffin, and you will get a really homogeneous a layer over the whole ski. You can do that never with a hot wax, you know. And if some hot wax a little bit coming out, the microstructure on the tongue, the solvent helps also some small particle from the hot wax uh, bringing again down to the microstructure. You know, that is not hot wax lying on the top. And as you know, with hot wax is it's 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 a it's it's a handwork. That means it's always normally they do hot waxing into a box or at at a room temperature, and then they going out and the wax coming again out. Then then they should wait, go with the ski out, coming in and brushing again because wax is coming out and the liquid paraffin helps to to bring the hot wax also down or more down in the microstructure, yeah. yeah. And you have more uh, genius uh, layer on so it. So here's a topic that's a, that needs to be discussed and that is, I have found I can apply liquid paraffin before I go skiing, let's say an hour before and let it dry in a, in, and it works pretty well. But if I do the same thing and I let it sit overnight, I get better durability and better speed. It does work if you do it, you know, half an hour before you go skiing, but I find there's better performance if you let it sit overnight. Can you talk about what, what the difference is, please? Yeah, of course, it's uh, with the liquid paraffin, you mean, yeah? Yes. I understand that right. Yeah, of course, you liquid paraffin is always also solvent, you know? Yeah, and if you put solvent on, on, on a surface, uh, on a base, you know, you increase the uh, relative contact area. So the solvent has really 100% goes away from the base. And that needs also a little bit time. Eh? So the ski have to be totally dry. Eh? So from that side, I, yeah, it's, yeah. It's sometimes in that way better and sometimes in that way better. That it's more up to you. You have more uh, the knowledge in the United States how it works there. Of course, it's very warm outside. You can do it in that direction and it's very cold in outside. You can do it in that direction. That you have really, uh, that is better you give out your knowledge. You have, I think, more uh, uh, knowledge about that, how it works best in your conditions. For sure, I found the more moisture in the snow, the less important it is that it sits a longer time. But when it's dry and cold, Absolutely. when it's dry and cold, sitting overnight makes it much more durable and much faster. But when Absolutely. it's more moisture, it doesn't matter as much. I totally agree with you. Yeah. Then okay. sometimes when it's moisture and like that, the solvent helps also reduce the friction. Right. But in the very cold condition, very new snow with uh, with uh, with a lot of uh, surface, big surface in the snow, then it's better you can do it uh, uh, day before. Yeah, yeah. I found in for very wet snow, 
in cross-country sprint racing or in alpine races in, that are also short in very wet snow, applying it very close to the start is actually very effective if it's very wet snow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So my perspective is that teams are using more and more liquid paraffin and less and less hot wax. When they do hot wax, they generally consider maybe two or three options. And they don't mess around with them testing so much on the hot wax, but they focus more on the liquid paraffins and then what they're putting on top of the liquid paraffins. Can you talk about this trend, please? Yeah, I totally agree with you because uh, waxing needs time, you know, and you're losing the focus with hot waxes. You know, in cross-country ski, they are going more and more harder. So more or less, they're using uh, two or maximum three hot waxes. So they prepare the ski before. Normally, some teams preparing the ski, they're using more or less one uh, really good hot wax. No, normally, there is a special mixture, you know, and they prepared it sometimes one week before. And then over the race time, they're using just the liquid part of him because you have the better, you can do less wrongs, you know, it's easier, you, you can keep the focus on, on the top, top wax, you know, you have more, more time to find out the, the best top layer instead of losing time with different hot waxes, because uh, with hot waxes, you will never win a race, you know, you will win a race with the topic. So with the liquid wax, you can, uh, yeah, normally uh, over the race for four days, they're using just liquid wax and concentrate it on the top waxes. And then of course the race is finished. They clean it, uh, the skis and wax it again with, with, with a hard wax. And then waiting for the, let it stay uh, for uh, three or three, four days, and then started again over the race with liquid carbon. Yes. Absolutely right. So you are in the process of developing new fluorine-free high-performance waxes. I think they're very close to being finalized after much testing and work. These will be both hot waxes and liquid paraffins. Can you comment on how the development has gone and what we can expect from these new waxes? Yeah. Uh... We, I know some uh, people uh, uh, say we are a little bit late or whatever, but uh, we started with the thing, with these new raw materials more than two years ago, you know, but uh, new things need times. And at the moment uh, in the market and with this postponed, the fluorobound from the fish side, uh, I, I, I want the time to be sure that we're coming out with a line next year's for the liquid paraffin and for the hardware that we are minimum of the same level like with fluorine. And uh, uh, last season, I was not 100% uh, sure that I can uh, reach the level what I want. And then, uh, of course, now we had one season more to test it out, doing more tests, because, you know, one test is, is, is like zero test. So now we are really happy. I think we are in, on the hot wax side and on the liquid paraffin side, we are on a better level as with fluorine. I would say that overall, of course, not 100% in all conditions, but we are now on a high level. And I'm very uh, yeah, surprised uh, for next season, we will have a really good line in liquid paraffin and hot box paraffin line without fluorine, yes. Super. Udo, I have a, a topic I want to bring up. Um, skin skis is a, is a rapidly growing um, market in the United States. So when you, skins, so backcountry skins and also in cross country. Yeah. When you treat a skin with, for example, eco skin proof, it's very much like treating a textile with, for example, eco textile proof. My experience is, if I treat the skin and I let the skin sit overnight, 
the performance is much better than if I treat the skin and I go skiing immediately afterwards. Scientifically, that makes sense, right? Ian, you are uh, <laughs> you are scientists sometimes for me. <laughs> yeah, this ad, the Echo Textile Proof is a fantastic uh, stuff to uh, impregnate skins. And yeah, we have there some really uh, top secret uh, things going around, but this is, I would say, one of the, the best uh, things on the market to, to treat the, the skins. And you have totally right, that should be done uh, the day before, overnight. What I like to do is if I come back from a ski using skins, I like to treat my skin then. And then I put them away for the next day. Whereas most people, they say, I'm going to go for a ski and they treat their skins and go. But I find that it's not as waterproof and it's not as durable. And you've talked in the past about a hydrophobic net that takes time to develop after you waterproof a textile or a skin. It takes, takes time. Like 24 hours, I think, is optimal. Yeah. Can you talk about do you think it would make sense to, to treat a skin ahead of time as compared to the last minute for best performance? I totally agree with you. This, the, 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 the eco textile uh, uh, proof works like a glue, you know, or like a treatment, like a textile treatment. So you spray it on a ski and then the solvent have to vaporize, you know, and then the, the, the chemical things inside, the raw material cross-link together like a glue. They, they make a very thin, thin cross-link film together who is connected with the fiber. And that needs time. We will have never a good performance if you do that half hour before. You need minimum some hour. Then it's right cross-link together, and then you have the function what you need. Then it's uh, you have a good water repellent effect. You know. Otherwise, if you um, it's between last time, it's not right cross-link together, and then goes just uh, uh, away, and then it's it's away from the screen. Absolutely right. Yeah, this okay. is the right way to do it. Yeah. Thank you. So Udo. In the United States, eco-friendly waxes are a very big topic of discussion. I want to discuss a couple aspects of this with you. First off, all of the current toco paraffin waxes use a crude oil that, although is high quality, is made from the leftover waste from processing raw oil from other industries. This material would otherwise be discarded instead of making the world's most advanced ski waxes. The key point is that toco wax production does not drive a need for more petroleum, but rather is ex an example of a responsible use of petroleum byproducts. Can you please comment on this as I think it is an important point? Yeah, of course, if you... Why we using uh, for the normal waxes or... Uh, Petroleum waxes because this petroleum waxes is very uh, clean, you know, with without function group like an acid group or like an ester group or whatever because all these groups like uh, go in connection uh, with water or with dirt and so on. That was the reason why we used in the past a lot of uh, petroleum waxes. Okay and. Uh, at the moment, we have also find out other wax types, natural wax types, you know, refined types. The, they works also so good like petroleum waxes, yes. So there are many bio wax products out there. Bio is kind of like green or eco-friendly, usually plant-based. They use alternative raw materials that might be plant-based such as soy or hemp or something else. You have told me in the past that in general, making wax products from such alternative materials requires far greater carbon footprint than using petroleum because these alternative materials require far more energy 
and work to convert them to a functional ski wax. Can you comment on how many of the bio or eco waxes in the market are not actually eco-friendly for this reason? Yeah, look, uh, for all petroleum waxes, you can tell them they are biogradable, you know. All waxes are biogradable, but you normally there are rules or they are uh, SOPs on how, how, what time you can say biogradable, you know, because uh, a normal petroleum waxes after uh, 80 days, 60 days, it's, it's more than 60% biogradable. And over one year is biogradable because also petroleum wax is a natural product from the earth oil, you know. But you cannot say, normally there is, you have to send them to a biogradable test. And then if you can really say a wax is biogradable, you have to reach 60% after 14 days. And then you can write down biogradable wax, you know. Otherwise, they, this is more a little bit marketing tool because normally if you uh, write down it's a biogradable wax, you have also write down the method from the test and then no, no normal paraffin is biogradable, you know, because that needs 60 days or more to, to reach this level. So. Can you talk about the energy needed to convert a soy or a hemp into a functional ski wax compared to turning a petroleum raw material into a functional ski wax? Which is more difficult or easier? To produce or to, to in the nature to cut down? To turn soy or hemp into a functional ski wax. Does that require more, a lot of energy? compared to turning a petroleum, like a paraffin type? Yeah, this is also, you know, this is, uh, <laughs> if you normally, they're using uh, palm wax or like that, you know. First of all, they are cutting down in Brazil, you know, all our nice forest, what we have to, to that they can grow up these palms, you know. And then they have to take the, the palms, you know, and then they have to use solvent to get the wax out. And then they had to evaporate the solvent that they have the wax. And in the end, this wax you cannot use. They have to refine. And in the end, the energy is four times higher as a, from a petroleum wax. If you take a wax like that, you know. And from that side, it's for me not uh, more eco-friendly as a petroleum wax. From, from that side, it's for me more uh, worse as uh, using a petrol wax, you know. So the point is to use one of these plant-based waxes, oftentimes or in general, it takes much more time and energy um, using solvents and refining to get to the point where it's a functional ski wax, much, much more energy compared to starting with a petroleum-based raw material? Absolutely, four times more normally. And so the end result might sound good, but it's more of a marketing thing where it says palm or soy or plant-based or hemp. But the reality is, in terms of the total carbon footprint, it's much worse or at least as bad as a petroleum-based wax because of all the energy needed to convert it into an actual ski wax. I totally agree with you. This is more more marketing side, and for me, is uh, they destroy uh, the the forest in Brazil. Uh, they destroy a lot of terrains with all these palm things. I totally agree with you. This is totally in the wrong direction. So here's a tricky question for you. Next fall, Toco is coming out with an eco-friendly wax. Yeah. This is a wax that biodegrades very fast. What raw materials does this wax use and how is this different from the palm wax that you just described that requires so much energy to turn into an actual ski wax? Yeah, that is, is uh, quite a, a tricky question 
we use something total other, you know, there is uh, sugar wax around, there is canaver wax around, there is other things around, and then we are using one natural wax. And normally you will not find out that is a wax, but that you can just press out as a wax. And this is a liquid wax. This is, if it's, it's not a hard wax if you're using it. This is uh, in the beginning is a liquid. And then for that, you have not to, to use, you not need a solvent, you don't need to refine that. Um, yeah, it, this was really, I think, uh, uh, a step forward for a biogradable wax and 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 uh, biogradable um, test was amazing good yes we are so, happy with this wax and perform very good yes so you found a wax that is natural that does not need to be refined much in order to be a functional ski wax in other words absolutely you don't have to invest much energy into it yeah super Udo, I want to ask you a few more questions on more of a personal nature, because I think it's always fun for people to get to know you a little bit. So my first question is, what is something about you that might surprise people if they were to find out? Yeah, if they go to, to the net or to, you know, today it's in, in that time, it's very easy. You can Google me and then you will find out that I was in the past uh, a good judo player, you know. And I was uh, each time a Swiss champion. I was at the Olympics. I was at world champion. From, from, from that direction, I'm not so uh, family with outdoor sport. I was in the past more uh, doing indoor sport. But uh, judo, you know, this is... Um, amazing sport and you learn a lot of uh, working with people together and have respect to all the countries, to other people, to all the generation and to father, mother like that. So that helps me to working as a team player and uh, be, be, be true and uh, be straight on and uh, stay what you go for it, yes. Most people also probably, they don't associate a top scientist with judo, and you're an elite judo athlete. But on top of that, you, you ride a motorcycle. What kind of motorcycle do you like to ride? I have not just one motorcycle, you know. I have, at the moment, I have four motorcycles, you know, and then I have... Um, three old uh, American uh, cars, you know, Pontiac, and I have a Plymouth, and I have a Harley-Davidson, you know, uh, in Switzerland, Harley-Davidson is very famous, but I, of course, I, I, I like the old style of Harley-Davidson, like a panhead, or like a knucklehead, or uh, like a shawlhead, you know, the new Harley-Davidson, this is for me, and uh, not a uh, motorcycle. I need the feeling to be free. I need the sound of an engine and I, I need something to do on a motorcycle that I can build up my own motorcycle that I can, um, yeah, um, yeah, develop a motorcycle, you know. I, the Swiss people are, are known for their, their culture and being refined. As, as a people, very civilized. And I think um, you offer a, an interesting combination of, of high degree of refinement. You're a world leading scientist. Well, at the same time, I think some people would call you a Swiss redneck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty fun and entertaining. You've got a lot of personality. Yeah, this is, of course, yeah. <laughs> If you have goals, sometimes you have to go right, like the red snake, go straight on. And because for me, it's always interesting if I come up with something new. Normally, all other people say it's not possible. And then inside, then my energy start to grow up, you know. Then I get this fighting uh, things. And I think, of course, I will show you if it's possible. I never give up. I go straight on. And yeah, I, I, sometimes uh, you have to do it. Not 
I'm not always a funny team player, uh, but in, in sometimes you have to do what a man have to do and go forward. And in the end, I have to come up with new things, with new technology and make uh, people happy. And that means sometimes just go forward and just do it. You know, at the moment, in this time, a lot of people is always, yeah, we need a meeting. We have to uh, talk and then you go out and nobody is do something. We need people who who little bit uh, go to the old culture, you know, that means just do it. And then you find out what is the outcoming and then you kind of just a little bit and go again forward, you know. I think uh, that right there, plus your sense of humor are the two big reasons why we get along very well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You also, you, you live there uh, in the channel of the uh, United States, you know, more or less alone, nobody around, and then you have just to do it, otherwise you will not survive there. Yeah. That is the same. Like okay. Me. Do you have a mantra or philosophy that can be summed up in a few words? Yeah, what do you mean with my philosophy or uh, like a, a life philosophy like uh keep it simple or or believe in yourself stu- or... keep it simple stupid you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah focus on the basics yeah absolutely because today it's always so much about uh, marketing uh, 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 people want always uh, you know for me it's not like for you, I want not stand in the focus. I want to do. It's not about me. It's about Toko. Toko has 104 years old. Toko uh, was born in the middle of the second, uh, first war and survived the first war, survived the second war. It's not about me. It's about Toko. And then you're not uh, working for you. You're working for Toko. And it's not important that I'm in the middle of the world. It's it's important that Toko is in the middle of the world and not me. And uh, like you, we are uh, older than 40 years. A man should know what he, he can do or not. I not need every day, hey, you are a nice guy, you are the best and whatever. That I know since 20 years, you know, that I'm good, you know, like that. <laughs> I, I want just to do something and make people happy with uh, good performance skiing and then uh, everybody is happy and I'm also happy, you know. Udo, you and I have worked together for very many years and we've, been, we've developed a long-standing friendship, which I really appreciate. I want to thank you for giving me and the American ski public your time and talents today, especially in this extremely busy time. I'm grateful to be able to work with you and for our long-standing friendship. So thank you very much for this. Thank you to you, Ian. You are a really nice guy. Go forward. Uh, keep Toko uh, on the top in the United States. I wish you all Americans a uh, very good uh, winter season. Yeah, Go out, go skiing. That makes you fresh and free. Enjoy it. And of course, with the best wax uh, ever, that means Toko, you know. Have a nice day, see you.